you know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, <laughs> I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shay Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f- best. Each week, Shay Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic. Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina wine mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Without further ado! That's what the game's all about. All of a sudden you feel like you can't miss. I'm just leave it up there. You couldn't make that if you tried that again. Absolutely not. What up, what up? Welcome to Buckets, the fantasy basketball podcast here on the Action Network. Presented by Prize Picks. I'm your host, Dan Titus. And with me, as always, is the homie and fantasy expert, Adam Koffler. Conference championship weekend, but we had a lot of basketball to talk about. What's going on, man? Yeah, I'm super hyped for Sunday's games. Obviously, we'll know the outcomes. Then we got a ton of stuff to talk about on the basketball front. So let's let's get cracking right to it. Yes, sir. So this is the week 16 look ahead. We'll run through some of the hot players, some key injuries, some situations to monitor and obviously get to our waivers that you'll want to target for this week. So over the last 10 games, man, the Suns have just been on an absolute tear going nine and one over that span. The Warriors and Grizzlies are both going seven and three over that span. But we'll talk about the Suns real quick. CP3 continues to just ball out, man. It seems like he's just ageless these days. He put up a triple double a couple games ago. Devin Booker averaging 35, seven and five in week 15. Just disgusting. But we told you guys to go pick up Bismack Biombo and this man continues the ball with DeAndre Ayton now. I think it's a Chris Paul thing, right? Like yeah, anytime a center plays a Chris Paul, like JaVale McGee, when he was getting the minutes, like he was the guy to pick up when, when DeAndre Ayton went down. And then it was Jalen Smith when JaVale McGee and DeAndre Ayton went down and he cooked. And now right. it's, and now it's Biombo. It doesn't even matter if he's starting, but he is right now because McGee's been out for a couple games, but yeah, beyond, at least until Ayton comes back, Biombo is a must roster. Definitely. And I uh, just want to flip over to the Grizzlies because, man, this team is just becoming a nightly highlight reel, man. We saw freaking this crazy play where Desmond Bain blocked a shot. JJJ brought up the court through the alley. And then Morant's up here doing windmill alley-oops, man. He's just having so much fun. This whole squad is having fun. This squad is just deep. John Morant, 30-plus in six straight games. Jaron Jackson Jr., six blocks in consecutive games. He's averaging almost four blocks for the month of January. This team is on fire. Love to watch them play basketball. And if you have them rostered, man, you, you got to be feeling really good. Jason Tatum, we recorded this early last week, and he went off for 51 points later that night. Um, but over the course of the week, since last Sunday, he's been averaging 36 points, seven rebounds, and six assists. So he's finally found his groove. And then finally, Ant Edwards, man, Jesus, this kid just continues to get better. 31, seven, and six with two steals and two blocks over his last three coming into Sunday. And then wanted to give a shout out to OG Ananobi, who's also compiled at least three stocks in six straight games. And uh, I know you tweeted about it, but this Toronto lineup, man, and Nick Nurse, 
He's just playing his guys. It doesn't matter how many minutes he's going to play you. Three overtimes, doesn't matter. You're seeing 50 minutes. It's crazy. And, and as somebody who's rostering guys like Ananobi and Van Vliet, like I was rooting for the Toronto Raptors in that triple overtime game against the Heat because the more the Raptors win, the more the Nick Nurse is going to play his starters, you know, 50 minutes in an overtime game. Plus. Like Five yeah. players played 50 plus yeah, minutes. Bro. Chris Boucher played 12 minutes in a triple bro, overtime Chris, game. Chris Boucher did not see the floor in any of the three overtimes. What is this? Like that's crazy. Granted, they got they got the win. Could you imagine like how Nick how much like scrutiny Nick Nurse would have gotten if none of his bench guys saw the floor even one one of the 15 minutes of overtimes? Yeah. Like it's just it's just not I mean, typically, like you're trying to get the W, like you play your starters, like, dude, guys are just winded. And like, you could have brought a pair of fresh legs up off the bench, like Chris Boucher. And I don't know. But at the end of the day, the Raptors still have a tight rotation. And for that reason, like Chris Boucher is still worthy of rostering because of what he can do even in 20 minutes. True. Um, So let's get to some of the key injuries that happened. I think most notably, Shea Gilders Alexander, man, back on the shelf. This happened last year. Um, he was shut down uh, once this happened later on in the season. But word is he's going to be reevaluated after the All-Star break. Um, this has got to be a good thing for Josh Giddy managers. But uh, Lou Dort probably benefits as well, right? Yeah, man. Guess what? I'm out. I'm out. I'm out. I'm out. I'm not interested in even buying low. Like, same, same thing happened last year. Bad teams when their stars go down sort of, you know, mid-season, late in the season. This quote-unquote reevaluation. Same thing's going on with Paul George. Like, what is the point of the Clippers bringing him back? What's the point of the Thunder, you know, yeah. being quote unquote better with SGA and bringing him back and rushing him from whatever injury he's gone through? So I don't think we see SGA the rest of the season. I mean, that's that's my hot take here. It's a little too early to mail it in quite yet, just considering that that was his outcome last year. You got to feel like after paying him that much money, they would want to uh, get him, you know, some time with the team and, and whatnot. So hopefully this isn't okay. a season so, ending injury. But yeah, so so he's gonna be reevaluated after the all-star break. We're talking the end of February. And then at the uh, after that, yeah. All-star breaks like in it goes until like the 24th, 24th, 25th is when they yeah. start picking up games again. Then you have a month, and then you have like a week or so in April to wrap up the season. So you're telling me the SGA is gonna be reevaluated at the end of February, come back in the month of March on a really bad team who wants to be worse. <laughs> There's just it's no a, point. It's an ankle sprain, though. Like, it's not, yeah. to me, this is like, like an MCL injury where, like, for instance, Paul George's UCL, like, that's not getting any better. It's surgery or no surgery for him. Like, I'm not going out and buying low on SGA because there's a there's a better than 50% chance that we don't see him the rest of the season. I mean, you can maybe try to trade for Josh Giddy if you're very high on him, but he has his limitations. I mean, he's going to still fill the stat sheet, but... um yeah, I don't know that I'm going to be chasing after Thunder players in general just because they have a really deep rotation and inconsistent rotation as well. Um, so it's not really much reliability you have in, in chasing after Thunder players. But also give a look to, um, you know, a guy like Trey Mann. He's going to get some more minutes. Um, yeah. Darius Baisley probably gets more minutes. If you're looking to trade for guys that are going to have increased value, that's Lou Dorton, Josh Giddy for sure. And then on Saturday night, Chris Porzingis left Saturday's contest with knee soreness. He won't play on Sunday. The Dallas Mavericks next game is on Wednesday. Uh, this has got to be some cause for concern. Uh, Luka Doncic was interviewed after the game and said that he was a bit concerned himself. Maxi Kleba went for 15 and 14 on Saturday. He did start, but he has been starting. Uh, and I saw Dwight Powell was the one that really subbed in for Porzingis. But want to get your thoughts on Porzingis. I know you were a stan of his, but this guy just can't stay healthy. 
Yeah, Porzingis. Anytime he plays, and this is this is what we talk about. Anytime he plays, he returns top twenty value just because the 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 blocks and the threes for a big man is is clutch. So this is the knee that was surgically repaired. So yeah, knee soreness on a on a surgically repaired knee is a little bit concerning. Um, definitely take you know take a look and see if he's he's going to miss the first couple games of this week. If he does, maybe it's something that's a little bit more long term. Um, if he's listed as questionable and kind of goes through shoot around, then maybe it's not a, such a big deal. But yeah. Uh, if you're looking for a guy to pick up because of this news, it's definitely Maxi Kleba. Dwight Powell's going to continue to come off the bench and probably see 20 or so minutes. He typically doesn't play more than that, but I would definitely go Kleba over over Dwight Powell here. He's got chemistry with Luca. Luca likes finding Kleba open like for three. Like he has that three pointer and blocks upside too. So yeah, yeah. Kleba's definitely the the one you want to grab there. Um, L. A. AD returned last week, had a really good game against the Sixers. Probably one of his better games of the season, actually, if you're looking at a full stat line, uh, really did everything. But more concerning, LeBron James is is now going to miss three straight contests with knee soreness himself. Are you concerned about LeBron's outlook here? And are you actually going to pick up anyone as a result of LeBron James being out? This is tough, right? LeBron's 37 years old. Um, coming down the stretch in a season that the Lakers try to are going to want to try to salvage, you know, him for the playoffs. Uh, they're they're going to make the playoffs, the Lakers, at the end of the day, and they're going to do what they need to do, you know, to get LeBron in there to win some games. They're going to take a cautious approach here. He's definitely going to miss some games. He's not going to be the type of player to play, you know, twenty minutes in a game when he does come back. Like he wants to give it a full go. So for that reason, I think he does miss some more games. So yeah, there's definitely reason to be concerned here. This this definitely increases the stock of Anthony Davis. Like, I, I know that AD battles his own injuries, but the Lakers absolutely 100% need him right now. He's not like the most, you know, you put him on the floor, he's not going to like win you a ball game by himself, but they need AD. Like, that's clear. Russell Westbrook can't do it by himself. And Malik Monk's hopping into the starting lineup on Sunday. He's been better off the bench, actually. Like, he's been really good off the bench. Um, I mean, he he's he's a guy that was kind of has been rostered, you know, most of the leagues. Like, you know, here and there for the last like month or so, he's been doing so well. But if he's going to stick as a starter, like Malik Monk, for sure, is is a guy uh, I'd be interested in. Yeah, Melo had a pretty good game, but I, I'm not doing anything besides score. Like, yeah, he actually got a couple. Like, he, he got some blocks, though. Um, did he? Like, that's he, a rarity. Uh, though. It's a rarity. It's been a stat error because Melo's not shopping <laughs> with anybody. And also you have uh, Taylor Horton Tucker, who's just hit rock bottom lately. Um, yeah. I saw him being picked up in our competitive league a couple of times this week just with LeBron being out, but he's just not it. So yeah, I think at this point it's, it's Malik Monk or, or bust right now. There's not really anyone that I think is really going to take a, take advantage of LeBron being out right now. Yeah. Especially with, especially with AD there, like right. there's just not enough. There's not enough, you know, offense to go around. Um, and then Kyle Lowry continues to miss games, man. It's been seven straight. Now Gabe Vincent's been getting a ton of minutes. He's been averaging over 30 minutes, uh, over 32 minutes per game over his last, uh, I believe five or six contests now. And uh, he dropped 23 points to 23, four and three, a couple games ago, 17, three and four thereafter. Um, I think he's probably one of the priority ads here when we don't have much clarity on what's up with Kyle Lowry and why he's away from the team for so long. Yeah. Vincent's Vincent's a, an interesting guy. He's definitely, he's definitely in the streamer conversation. I wouldn't say he's a must roster, um, but yeah, no idea what's going on with Kyle Lowry. There's something going on with, with Lowry and his family or something that's, you know, preventing him from playing in games and everybody's, you know, I know I saw Jimmy Butler's like wishing him well and, you know, get better or whatever, whatever he's dealing with. So Gabe Vincent looks like the guy. Um, but yeah, this, this Miami Heat team is is still really good, even without Kyle Lowry. Now that Bam out of buyers back, um, they're just kind of cruising, you know, 
on the back of Jimmy Butler right now. Yeah, I was going to say, I wouldn't be surprised to see the uptick in, in uh, assists for Adebayo because, you know, we talked about it in the preseason. Kyle Lowry was one of the people that was going to take away the opportunities that he had. And that was one of the strengths that Bam was as a fantasy asset was getting those dimes. So I think we'll see Jimmy Butler and, and Bam Adebayo primarily take over much of that it's, offense, at least from a facilitation standpoint. But that's a great point. Bam, Bam's averaging 4.6 assists over the last seven games. And when Lowry was in the lineup, like he, we were talking about a guy who's averaging like three, right? And, and last, last season, he was, I think, near, near six. So somewhere in between there is pretty good. So yeah, Bam's value has been, has been better since he's been back without Kyle Lowry. Right. And without that, I mean, I think you're, you're right. I, I would categorize Gabe Vincent as one of the priority streaming ads. Um, just while anytime while Kyle Lowry is out, I, I think he's probably going to pick up the most minutes and opportunity as a result. But um, let's talk about Indiana a little bit. Demonis Sabonis returned. He played 43 minutes in the first game that he came back on Friday night, put up a triple-double, and then he came back on Saturday and uh, balled out once again. Gogo kind of done now, huh? He got hurt, left the game, never came back. How do you feel about spending half of your, over half of your fab on him? Did I do that? I spent over half my fab on Gogo? <laughs> what a mistake. I was expecting I was expecting Sabonis to stay hurt longer and then get traded, yeah. and then Batadze with... Yeah, would have the entire a day thing versus like a week to week thing that that sucks. He's he's essentially uh, been Omer your seven to the bench and will never <laughs> will never will never return. But yeah, he he looks like I mean he he got hurt. He came into the game with with five minutes left in the first quarter. There was hope. He picked up a couple early fouls and then apparently he got hurt after two minutes with like a sore foot. Who knows how long he's going to be out? But as long as Debonis Sabonis is healthy and an Indiana Pacer. There's no, there's no minutes for, for Goga, unfortunately. Yeah, it looks like the, this front court's getting a little bit messy. We got Isaiah Jackson, we got O'Shea Brissett, um, and this is all to pretty much backfill the absence of Miles Turner, who we still haven't had an update on. He's still on the trade block, but he's got a foot injury. We don't know the significance of it. So uh, this is looking more more like a situation I'm trying to avoid. Malcolm Brogdon's still out with his sore Achilles. We don't know when he's coming back. I think he's on a ambiguous type of timeline here. Are the, are the Pacers holding out Turner and Brogdon just so they don't get more hurt? Like for, for trade partners, trade like value. what are they? I think that that makes sense, right? Make a trade. So we all know like what's <laughs> going on with the Pacers. I, I'll be able to tell you next week. If the Pacers make trades, what to expect from a fantasy perspective right now, I have no idea. Right. So I guess you hold, you hold Brogdon. I mean, maybe you buy low on the, on Brogdon or Turner. Yeah, yeah. Right. So, so, so guys, right. Guys, guys, you need to roster, right? Like you have to roster Brogdon through the trade deadline, like store Achilles or not. Like he's on your IL. You got a spot for him. You got to roster him. You got to roster Turner. Uh, You don't have to roster Goga. Duarte needs to be rostered in case Brogdon leaves. Um, Justin holiday has been a good streamer. He's played well, but he didn't play well on, on Saturday. So now, uh, Titus fried me for having him in the show sheet as a guy that I would stream, <laughs> but I still would like he's, he yeah. starts and he gets defensive stats and threes. Like he's a guy, um, as long as he's getting minutes, like I'd want to, I'd want to play. Go to the, to, to the NO here. The uh, Pelicans have been missing a couple of their stars. Brandon Ingram's been out. He's missed the last four games with an ankle injury. We've really seen Nikhil Alexander Walker come back to fantasy relevance um, as well as Herb Jones and obviously Josh Hart. But yeah, the bigger one though, Jonas Valachunas continues to not play, which has signaled the emergence of Willie Hernan Gomez. He's, this dude's been putting up monster numbers over the last couple of games. What do you know what's going on in, in, in NO and uh, what are you doing about it? JV has missed three games from a sickness. Like he must be really sick. 
I thought originally the Pelicans had a back-to-back. Uh, maybe he was going to be sit like the first end of the back-to-back because he was you know reconditioning, but then he missed the second night of the back-to-back as well. I advocated for people picking up uh, Hernan Gomez uh, on well. Twitter the night before right, for the back-to-back. He was four percent rostered on Yahoo. Uh, two days later, after his you know uh, crushed uh, what did he go 18, 16, three, three blocks. Now he's like forty percent rostered, but he could also be Ermaier at seven back to the bench too because. Even when, when Jonas Valanciunas plays, Jackson Hayes is like the, the first in line as the backup, and Aaron Gomez takes a backseat to both of them. So just, I mean, don't drop Aaron Gomez yet, but like when JV comes back, just realize like that could possibly happen. But for now, you have to hold the guy. And then Brandon Ingram, man, this is another one. Like Pelicans are bad. Like Ingram's got a bad ankle. Like do they rush him back? I would say probably not. Um, yeah, Herb Jones, we talk about him all the time. He should, he should be rostered in most leagues. Uh, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, he's been getting more opportunity off the bench. He started a game when Devontae Graham missed and looked really good, put up like 30 points and five assists, but Graham is back in the lineup. So um, Alexander's come off the bench, but he's still playing, uh, you know, 25 to 30 minutes. He's definitely uh, streamable here. And then also take a look at uh, Jose uh, Alvarado. He's been a, he's been like a steel specialist and hasn't turned the ball over very much, backing up Devontae Graham and even performed a little bit when Graham was, was in the starting lineup. So uh, the Pelicans, they're playing on Monday, Tuesday, week 16. So that's actually a, a nice little streamer option if you want to get a quick back-to-back out of, uh, out of a guy like Alvarado. I want to touch on Nikhil Alexander-Walker a bit. I know you – I think you drafted him, actually, and then you dropped him midseason uh, yeah. before his inefficiencies, really. And he hasn't really gotten over that too much. Over the last two games, he's shooting seven for 23 from the field. But uh, I, I would th- I would think that if you need he's he's got a lot of minutes right now. As long as Ingram is out, like you're counting on the minutes and the and the usage rate there. So if you can if you can manage that field goal percentage and maybe some turnovers, he could be a person that you want to add. And Alvarado, I, I did see um, he was going in and out of the waivers um, pickups this week as well. I think he had a couple of really good games with some stocks too. So um, yeah, look at those Pelicans. They they might have some value if these big guys. Uh, that being Bi and uh, Valchunas continue to remain out. All right, let's go to Charlotte for a second. Kelly Oubre, he's missed a couple games with, uh, with an ankle injury. He's been ruled out on Sunday as well. Uh, what are you expecting here? Because, I mean, there's actually, the, the front court's actually pretty battered for the, uh, the Charlotte Hornets because Gordon Hayward's one of only six players still out with health and safety protocols right now. But uh, what are you expecting from the waiver wires? Who are you going to scoop up? Yeah, they're similar to the, the the Toronto Raptors in that they run a very, very tight rotation. Like when guys are out, they they run seven guys, maybe eight. PJ Washington's one of them. Ish Smith actually came off the bench. He got 25 minutes of the night. And uh, James Booknight, but uh, he hasn't really been, you know, fantasy relevant. Uh, really just puts up a couple shots and doesn't really do a whole lot else. Um, so right. PJ Washington's a guy. He's, he's highly rostered, though, because he was drafted in a lot of spots. Uh, and then Cody Martin has been in the starting lineup. He's, he's a guy who, you know, can get you those defensive stats. Uh, some rebounds. So he's the guy to look at um, this week for the, for the Hornets. That makes sense. Yeah. And I think probably this is one of the most important teams in the NBA right now that is really injury riddled. And this is the Utah jazz. Donovan Mitchell has missed his last six games with a concussion. Um, And then you have Rudy Gobert, who's been out all week with this calf injury that seems to be lingering on. It's been three games now. And uh, you've seen Hassan Whiteside. Obviously he's, he's the, the worthwhile pickup there. But, you know, with no with only two games in week 16, I'm not really even if 
you know, Gobert continues to be out or Donovan Mitchell continues to be out. There's not really streamable options for this team with only two games. That's something that's something to take note of. Like Whiteside, yes, he's the he's the guy if Gobert is out. The the Jazz don't play until Wednesday, I believe. Yeah. Like if you have enough tra- if you have a lot of transactions, like Whiteside's not a guy that I would hold Monday and Tuesday. Like just to just to maybe get him uh as a starter on Wednesday. Like we're we're not sure. Like Gobert could possibly return uh when the Jazz come home on Wednesday. And then you're, you know, shit out of luck with with Hassan Whiteside because you decide to keep him. So yeah, in a in a in a week with just two games, like I, I don't know that you need to to stream Whiteside, but you know, maybe if he's available sitting there on the wire, you know, and Gobert's been ruled out for Wednesday, then yeah, maybe go ahead and, and scoop him up for that day if you need some blocks or something. But um, yeah, with just two games on the slate, not not uh, don't necessarily need to go go run to do that. And then uh, for Phoenix, we talked about it. I mean, they're playing phenomenally well, nine and one over their last ten games, as I stated earlier. But they're doing this without their main big man, DeAndre Ayton, who's missed the last six games with an ankle injury, and then Jay Crowder, who also is on the shelf with a wrist injury, who's missed uh, his last three games. So crazy how Ayton's missed twelve of his last sixteen games, and we've we've talked about how great Bismack Biombo has been in his absence, but uh, we talked about it last week. Uh, I talked about it at the end of the show, but Cam Johnson is probably the only other person that, that really benefits here. And he's been playing phenomenally well all season to the point where I think, you know, if Jay Crowder comes back, I don't know that Cam Johnson's going, he's not going to go anywhere, right? Like he's played so well throughout the season. He'll go to the bench, but that's about it. From a fantasy perspective, he's like, the, he, he's not the same dude, but he still gets the same sort of minutes off the bench that he does as a starter because Crowder's like no longer a 35 minute guy. He's like a 28 yeah. to 28, 29 minute guy. And they, they, they see what they have in, in Cameron Johnson. Like he looks really good. Like he fit, he fits what they're doing. Um, so yeah, he's, he's a guy, even if Crowder comes back, I'm holding uh, Cameron Johnson uh, just as I have in like the entire season. He's just very efficient. He's a very efficient scorer and, and, and does, does kind of the gamut of, of things. Yeah, I was kind of hoping you would drop him eventually, but you've been holding you've been holding firm, man. Yeah, last team I wanted to cover for injury's sake was uh, Sacramento. Darren Fox has been out for the last four games. We saw Tyrese Halliburton put on a show for Daryl Morey, hopefully trying to get to Philly, maybe. <laughs> yes. Dropped 38, three and seven dimes with three steals. Um, but more so, uh, I think we've seen the emergence of Davion Mitchell here. And uh, over his last two games, he started. He put up 22 with six dimes in his first outing and then followed that up with 15 three rebounds and five assists against the Sixers. I think he, he makes sense as the ad here. We don't know. Like, I mean, this could be a similar situation with uh, Malcolm Brogdon, maybe like is Darren, Darren yeah. possibly a trade, a trade candidate. I mean, I know that the Sixers are off the table says, says the rumors, but who knows? Fox, he's not a top 100 player. You know what I mean? Like just from, from a fantasy perspective, he's not very good from a real life perspective. He doesn't help his team win. So, like, I'm sorry, De'Aaron Fox, if you're listening to this. I mean, for whatever reason, you hop on the, <laughs> on the your favorite podcast platform and decide to take a listen to the Buckets podcast. But, right. <laughs> I mean, yeah, Davion Mitchell looks like the ad as long as De'Aaron Fox is out. Again, this is a team that's not very good. They get blown out a lot of the games. So, you figure Davion Mitchell probably sees some minutes, uh, heavy minutes going forward with Fox out. Um, even if Fox comes back, like Mitchell could, you know, eventually come, you know, come to fruition as like a sixth man and see 25 plus minutes a game and be fantasy relevant. Now you're going to suffer with a little bit of field goal percentage issues, but he, he's looking like a guy to roster right now in Sacramento. I know we talked about Rashawn Holmes as a buy low. 
I'm a little nervous about that because Damian Damian Jones uh, seems to be getting some pretty heavy minutes off the bench uh, as a reserve to Holmes. And like I just said, the Kings keep getting blown out. So Holmes is not playing more than like 25 minutes every game. And that, that concerns me on even like even Tyrese Halliburton, like he he's been really good, but there's some nights the Kings just aren't competitive and and he's not going to see a full allotment of minutes, even though he's been really, really good. Yeah, and Terrence Davis is now out for quite some time. He got surgery. Uh, do you remember what, what the injury was? It was his wrist. wrist. Injury? Okay, wrist, wrist injury. and he's he's expected back sometime after the All Star break. Okay, so that's a little that buys a little bit more time. So I mean, I think Davion Mitchell is still going to get minutes, even with uh, if Fox came back, he would still get those Terrence Davis minutes because I think Alvin Gentry just doesn't trust. He doesn't have like a, a core group that he trusts yet, and I think he's still figuring it out, which is why we're seeing. <laughs> the Damian Joneses and the, the Shemizi Metus and Bagley, whenever he's healthy, you know what I'm saying? Like this, this rotation is a yeah. mess. So yeah. like, it's, it's really hard to, to, to trust any of these guys right now. That's not like Tyrese Halliburton, really. Right. Or Harrison Barnes. Um, so let's jump to uh, some storylines and some teams that we we're kind of eyeing here. One thing I just wanted to note at the top, I mentioned earlier that Gordon Hayward's one of six players in protocols right now. The only other notable players that are still in protocols are um, him Kevin Porter Jr. and Tyus Jones. I think we're seeing a, a downtick in health and safety protocols being an issue right now, probably because of the vaccinations and the boosting and, and so forth. Um, so that's good news for fantasy managers. It won't be the hell week that, or I should say the hell months that we went through earlier in the season of having multiple people out and trying to string together weeks. So that's a good thing. But one dimension, uh, I mentioned Kevin Porter Jr. And I know you had a, a thought about since he's been out, we've seen Garrison Matthews get a little bit more time, but really about uh, KJ Martin and how he's coming to uh, fantasy relevance yet again. Uh, we saw him rear his head in the playoffs last year. He was solid. Um, and I've seen some Twitter chatter about whether he's worthy of a hold or not, but I was going to scoop him up for this week just because of the scheduling for Houston next week, but uh, I missed the boat. But I uh, wanted to get your thoughts on KJ Martin. Yeah, it's um, in terms of the Rockets, KJ Martin, he's scored double double figures in his last three games he's averaging 25 minutes a game that's something new for him uh he was even playing a lot when when uh kevin porter jr was on the floor he's you know he's not a he's not a point guard so it's not like he's taking minutes away from him um we saw what he did last year he started he was putting up lines of like 28 and 6 as a starter for the rockets and not saying something similar is going to happen this season but he's definitely a guy to keep an eye on and with houston having four games in week 16 uh, I wouldn't mind, you know, stashing him and having him for this week while I kind of see what happens with the Rockets rotation. Like, I'd rather be ahead of the market than behind the market on KJ Martin. Yeah, I kind of I, I kind of compare him to Gary Payton II. He's kind of an undersized, he's an undersized front court player, but like he can he can bang like he's got he's got good defensive metrics. He's got long arms. He can hop out the building. It's like yeah. a small, it's yeah. like a small version of Kenyon Martin. Well, Kenya Martin was pretty damn good. Uh, he's not, he's not, he's not Kenya Martin. Kenya Martin was a beast back. But yeah, let's, uh, let's talk about another squad here. The Golden State Warriors, Draymond Green continues to miss time. Otto Porter, probably one of the better streams out there that you can have right now. He's just been playing really well. He continues to start. He's hitting threes. He's doing everything, to be honest. I think he's a great fit. He kind of reminds me of like an Andre Iguodala type where he just fits into the system so well. So as long as Draymond Green is out, I figured you got to have Otto Porter rostered. Here's, here's a question for you. How old is Otto Porter? Don't look. 27. I'm impressed. He's 28. 
I thought I thought Otto Porter was like 32. It seems like it seems like Otto Porter's been in the league like so long. The, yeah, it feels like he's been in the league for a long time because he's always been like injured. He's been on several different teams now, especially and, recently. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's been on he's been on four teams in the last three seasons just because he bounced around a little bit uh, here at the end of his career. After he started with Washington, you know, he's the there end of, for the like end five of his years. career. Yet he's twenty eight, <laughs> bro. Like um, that's what I'm saying. Like it seemed like he was. Did it not seem like he was fizzling out? Injuries for <laughs> sure, but like I also think it's like. He just needed to find somewhere where he played with uh, high IQ players that could, like, I guess, just benefit Got him it. the best, right? Like, yeah. And 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 Otto Porter looks looks the part in Golden State, and without Draymond Green, guess what? Over his over the last two weeks, he's been a top forty nine cap player. Like he, he does he does like sort of everything. The only thing he doesn't do is get very many assists, but he does everything. He's he's averaging you know two point five stocks uh, over his last eight games. And, and shoots the ball well, does not turn it over ever. So, yeah, Porter, Otto Porter Jr. needs to be rostered in all 12 teams leagues at a minimum until Draymond Green returns. So I want to go back to Toronto real quick because we mentioned Chris Boucher and uh, Fred Van Vliet and, and Gary Trent Jr. are both back, which is why I think we saw Chris Boucher really be in the starting lineup for, for a little bit over the last couple of weeks, um, or at least in and out of the lineup. But uh, I think he's back to the bench now, man. What do you do with him? You said you still want to keep him rostered. After you just saw Toronto just deploy a 50 minutes a piece across their starters, I don't have much confidence in Boucher here unless there's an injury to one of these five players. It wouldn't be as concerning if it was a regular season game uh, with no overtime and Boucher saw 15 minutes off the bench. You'd be like, ah, okay, just one, you know, one game. Let's see, see what happens here. Um, Nick Nurse literally sat down at the podium after the game and laughed at the box laughed. score. Like wow. this dude, like just like laugh. He's like, "Oh, I played my guys fifty five minutes each." <laughs> He's Tom Thibodeau, man. Like dude, I gotta, res- I respect it. <laughs> I respect it too. And from a fantasy perspective, the Toronto Raptors play the most games from now until the end of the season, and like it's by like a good margin. Like they play like five more games than the Milwaukee Bucks between now and the end of the fantasy playoffs. Like as long as they are, you know, in the playoff hunt. Those are the, the starters of the guys you want. But that's also why I'm interested in Chris Boucher because we talk about these tight rotations. Like, are you rostering PJ Washington right now? The answer is probably yes. Yeah. He's in a seven-man rotation. Are you rostering Chris Boucher? The answer should be yes because of his upside ability in a seven-man rotation. I, I, I dig it. Yeah, it's just going to be frustrating. Uh, I think yeah, much, I like this guy, much like this guy we're about to talk about here who, who's also found his way back into the rotation, <laughs> Anthony Melton. <laughs> and... Uh, I picked him up. Thank you for that. I know you traded for him a few weeks ago, um, and I definitely reaped, reaped the benefits of that one um, in the short term here, at least. But uh, I think it's really because he's been he's been the beneficiary of Dylan Brooks being out and Tyus Jones also being out. But he's averaged 13, 8, and 3.5 assists with three stocks across 28 minutes in his last two games. I think he's still a worthwhile streamer right now, as long as those two dudes are out. Um, and we see what he can do in limited minutes. Like He's still not even getting 30. And he's still providing you those cross cross category stats here. So, uh, what are your thoughts on Melton? And are you still are you scooping him up right now? At least he's backcourt Chris Boucher. I see them as essentially the same player. Like That's they fair. explode, they explode, and then they play ten minutes, and then they explode again when you don't have them on your roster, and then they play ten minutes, and then you and then you pick them up and you start them for the ten minute game. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's like that they're like the still like the same player they so, are literally the two most frustrating fantasy players you probably dude, have right dude the, the the right the pickups and the drops the transactions on those two guys are probably the highest in the league 
So, but yeah, right now, yeah, you have to, you have to go get Anthony Melton for now. And then <laughs> what's going to happen is Tuesday or Wednesday, he's going to play 12 minutes off the bench. He's not going to do anything. Dylan Brooks will probably return. And then you, uh, you drop him and then he goes off for 30. Yeah. I'd say <laughs> one thing, one thing that's working for him is that the Grizzlies are winning. And I think, yeah. you know, as long as they continue to win and there's some kind of winning formula, or there's some, there's some net gain out of this. Uh, I think he might still stay there, but you're right. This could, this could stop immediately. And then at all, we'd, we'd all be dropping them right back to the waivers where we picked them up from. His leash is so short. And so is Boucher. Yeah. They, they do one thing. Right. They do one thing wrong on the court and they're both yanked. Right. Right. Another frustrating rotation here. We have with the, the Los Angeles Clippers here. Um, I'll let you talk about Luke Kennard and, and Amir coffee. We, we've touched on them both just as, you know, obviously streamable guys over the last month or so. Um, but man, this rotation is just really deep here. And we talked about Isaiah Hartenstein. He's shown life and then he, then he disappears. And then there's just a lot of bodies here in, in, the, in the Clippers. And it's also seen that uh, Reggie Jackson, his minutes are starting to go down because apparently he can't play defense, which we all knew about. Um, but it's now becoming <laughs> more apparent that uh, Ty Lue isn't having it anymore. So I, I don't know. There's a lot of bodies to have here, but you got to expect, I mean, it feels like Amir Coffee is probably the safest in the, in the front court. And then you got Luke Kennard, even though he's coming off the bench, he's still balling. Yeah, Amir Coffey seems to be the safest. His minutes seem to be the safest too. He's still getting he's getting 30 plus. Even when Batum starts, he only sometimes sees like 22 to 25 minutes a game. He's out on Sunday. Um, it's the it's the front end of a back to back, so maybe that's potentially why. Um, you know, I still I still stream guys like Coffee and Batum, and I think Kennard is a guy that you probably want to roster. Like he's he he's shown he can put up you know four or five threes a game. He's coming off the bench still, but he's he's playing pretty good minutes. Like he's he's pretty steady, you know, upper twenties, low thirties for him. He looks he looks really good right now. He looks rejuvenated after missing some time. Out of those three, like Kennard's probably probably my favorite, to be honest. And then I said last week it was Batum over Coffee. Those guys are still close to me. Batum, Batum's like a better sort of all around guy, but but Coffee seems to have the upside there. Uh, Washington, hot mess. We talked about it for the last couple of weeks now. Looks like Thomas Bryant has now edged out Daniel Gafford and Montrez Harrell. Um, he got the start on Saturday night. Gafford got the dreaded CD DMP. So, uh, yeah, Gafford, you're done. You're done. Drop, 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 drop Gafford. Wes Unseld said he's going to a two-man, two-man center rotation uh, unless he decides to go away from Bryant, which I don't see that happening. Uh, Bryant's a better player than Gafford as a little bit more on the offensive end. Right. So uh, yeah, Gafford's a drop. Bryant is a guy I'm now intrigued with. If Gafford's not going to play, uh, Bryant dealt with some foul trouble on Saturday night, only played 20 minutes, but um, there's, there's an opportunity for him. Like we saw what he did when healthy uh, last season. So he's a guy I'm interested in picking up and again, being ahead of the curve on Thomas Bryant. Yeah. Agree with that. Um, so let's get to the uh, week 16 schedule and, um, and, and get to the waivers. So we got 17 teams that play four games this week. So just a massive week of opportunities for you guys to pick up some streamers. We got 12 teams that play three games and the only team that plays two games is the Utah jazz. So um, talk about waivers, man. We talked about a bunch of guys already. Um, so we talked about, Gabe Vincent and Luke Kennard, Davian Mitchell, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, Justin Holiday, DeAnthony Melton, Garrison Matthews. I want to talk about Patty Mills a, a little bit here. Man's been on a scoring barrage here, and I think it's really been because, you know, James Harden's been missing games and Kevin Durant is out. 
Uh, I talked about this way in the beginning of the season. I was high on this guy. I, I drafted him and Jordan Poole as potential six mans of the year. And uh, I think Patty Mills has probably fell back to your waiver wires at some point. He's only, I think he's less than 50% rostered now. Um, so now I think you got to go back and get him, man. This guy's been hitting a lot of threes. He's actually been filling out the box score a little bit more than you're typically used to when he was with San Antonio. Um, he's a must add for me. Uh, one of the priorities in the backcourt. Patty Mills has scored, uh, what, 20, 20 plus in three of his last four. Um, James Harden uh, missed Saturday. So Patty Mills jacked up 12 threes. Um, I, I sort of like Kessler Edwards too, as, as a streaming option, he's been in the starting lineup and he's been playing around 30 minutes. Yeah. Um, with the Nets playing four games, like, and, and if, if Harden's going to be forced to miss any more time due to that injury, um, definitely take a look at some of those, some of those Brooklyn Nets, but just understand that Kyrie is going to be playing uh, all four games of this week. And interesting point. So, so in regards to Kyrie after this week, like might be a great time to sell him. People might not be thinking, you know, about the rest of the year schedule, but they play four road games this, this week. Like they've got some home games coming up after that. And then, We've been talking about this, but the Nets will only play four road games in the fancy playoffs. So something to keep in mind as you uh, as you're uh, rostering uh, Kyrie Irving. In the short term, Kyrie's about to miss nine of the next 15 games because of that, you know their homestand. So that's so that that's means after that, that means after these four, he's about to miss a lot of games. Yeah. Uh, so something to consider there. Any other backcourt guys that you like or that you've been scooping up? Uh, Killian Hayes, maybe another one. He's been playing good. Uh, off the, he's actually been better off the bench for the Pistons. Court Joseph has been starting, but but it's only a matter of time before Killian Hayes hops back in the starting lineup. As long as he can show, um, you know, coaching staff that he's sort of trustworthy. And they, they've got three really favorable matchups uh, in Week 16. They got the Pelicans, the Timberwolves, the Celtics. Nah, Celtics aren't a favorable matchup really, and the Timberwolves again. That's that's three or four pretty high paced uh, games there in Detroit. So. There, there could be some fantasy relevance there for, for killing Hayes. If you guys are looking for a, for like, you know, a little deeper dive, you can look at Austin rivers. He's been getting significant minutes for the Denver nuggets lately. Um, and he's actually hit double figures with at least a couple steals in four consecutive contests. So um, I think we've seen him kind of replace Faco Campazo in the lineup there. So I, I think that that could definitely be someone that you might be able to, grab if you're looking for some threes some points and uh some steals potentially there um let's move to the front court here we talked about a bunch of these guys already too bismack biombo obviously um uh willie Ernan gomez camp johnson Otto porter kj martin thomas bryant kevin love amir coffee maxi Kleba. anybody else that we didn't already touch on that you're uh you're looking to grab Teddy Osmond's an option. They run a tight rotation there in Cleveland, but he falls off every now and again. But he did put up a 20-point game uh, the other day. Um, not, what about, not Terrence, really a, what about uh, Terrence Ross? Any, any thoughts on yeah, that? He, I mean, he's he's, he's going to be traded, but they've been, say, they've been saying that for the last three years. So, um, <laughs> But, you know, he's, he's an option. Claxton, potentially. It's, it's, oh, yeah, Nick Claxton, LaMarcus Aldridge. We didn't talk about this. LaMarcus Aldridge has an injury now. Uh, he right. was seen on crutches. So Nick Claxton entered the starting lineup. Yeah, played and, uh, well against the uh, Warriors. James Johnson, too. He might get an opportunity with LaMarcus Aldridge out. He played uh, 25 minutes off the bench. So he might be an option uh, for a streamer with the Brooklyn Nets playing four games in week 16. Those are just a couple guys I'd be looking at. And you also mentioned Darius Baisley as well. Um, yes, Darius Baisley as well. Yep. And uh, Okongwu has actually maintained some fantasy value, too, man. He hasn't been awful. 
He had 18 and seven on Friday night, I believe. Uh, and we so know he's still, getting, he's still getting minutes. And we know Capella's got injury uh, history, and, and the, the Hawks do have a back to back, so it's possible that Capella's held, held out for one of those games uh, against Phoenix or Toronto. So, yeah, Kongu is a guy that, that you could hold, uh, especially with the Hawks having four games this week. Yeah, man, that, I think that pretty much covers it. We'll be back next week with the Week 17 look ahead. We're approaching the All Star break, so we'll have a, a special show where we'll be talking about some people you may want to target in the trade market as well as we'll give you some fantasy all-stars that we have uh, for the midseason mark. Um, make sure you check out actionnetwork.com for the fantasy forecast with myself and Joe Delira, where we'll break down much of what we talked about here today, along with some prop angles. Make sure you download the Action Network app if you haven't already. Tail our action experts and track your bets. Make sure you download prize picks if you haven't already. Promo code ACTION10, that's A-C-T-I-O-N. One zero, and they'll match your first deposit up to $100. You can find Adam on Twitter at Adam Koffler. Find me at Dan Titus. We'll see you next week. Let's get buckets. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.